Welcome, my beloved friends and family. Welcome to a Hope Kingdom Ministry. Here, where we like to give you food for thought. Our intention is to give you something more to think about. And today, we want you to think about drunk in the spirit. Is being drunk in the spirit sent from heaven? Or is it sent from hell? Is drunk in the spirit scriptural in the scriptures? Or is it man's traditions? That's what we're going to discuss today. Is being drunk in the spirit a good thing or a bad thing? You know, we find this being very much desired and praised in the Pentecostal church. But is it really scriptural? Is this just another false doctrine stemming from man's traditions? I'm going to let you be the judge. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you as much information that I can from my research and from the scriptures and then let you make up your own mind using your Yah-given free will or to most of you, you would say your God-given free will to choose what you want to believe. You know, scripture does say that let no man teach you because we have a teacher speaking of the set-apart Holy Spirit. That's in the scripture, yeah. Okay, well, let's begin. Remember, I'm going to, I've done research and I've written it out for you and I'm just going to give you the research and uh, you judge. Here we go. Spiritual intoxication has been a trend in charismatic circles for a while. Some respected preachers using Acts 2.13 to defend the concept that Christians might feel drunk when they are filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, this is because uh, the, the early disciples were accused of being drunk when they were speaking and ministering in these different languages with the scripture says in tongues. There were known languages they were speaking in. This teaching led to lots of disorderly conduct, speaking of the spiritual intoxication. Disorderly conduct in revival meetings, including nosebleeds, bruises, and even more serious injuries. Some people began to manifest what looked like they were having seizures during renewal services. And the bizarre behavior was defended as manifestations of the Spirit. Some pastors even encouraged wobbly saints to find designated drivers. And if you feel too drunk to operate your vehicle, when, you, when it's time for you to go home, get, get a, a designated driver, you know, like a person would do when they're under the influence of alcohol. Because they, 
they're senseless. They have no no skills. Their skills are gone. Their their wisdom is gone. Okay. Meanwhile, worship leaders introduced Holy Ghost drinking songs. Hmm. That encouraged people to slosh around in the joy of it has here. I say Yahuwah in the joy of the Lord while uncorking more of his new wine. I'm reading from some of the things I've in my research. Yeah, where did this drinking? We're gonna drink, you know, soaking and drinking. Where, where that come from? Is it in scripture? Well, I can say, tell you that no. So that was that came from someone came up with that, and and we ran with it. Christians ran with it in the church. Some uh, human being came up with that. Okay. You know, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just not in the scripture. All right. And then let's continue. The spiritual drunkenness craze led to other charismatic fads, including an infatuation with angels and obsession with gold dust, golden dust. And some, the strange teachings of John Crowder, John Crowder, who is a confessed new mystic, he compares the infilling of the Holy Spirit to smoking marijuana. Can you believe that? And there are Christians that go along with this. The Holy Spirit, like smoking marijuana? Think about this. Yahusha, our Savior, that's called Jesus, said, you can say what you want about the Father, you can say what you want about me, but you, it is the unforgivable sin to when you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, the Ruk Kadush, the set-apart spirit. And you, they're putting his set-apart spirit, his Holy Spirit, to smoking marijuana. Unbelievable. Okay, continuing. Is being drunk in the spirit a biblical experience? Is it? Answer. Nowhere in the scripture, or you always say your Bible, does it say to be drunk in the spirit. It's not in there. If you find it in one, it's what had to be one of these later ones, and it was definitely inserted in there. It's not in scripture. When the scripture speaks of being drunk, it's always negative. The only place in scripture that suggests or even hints to the idea of spiritual drunkenness is Isaiah 29, 9 through 14. And that refers to uh, Yah's, or you would say God's, judgment upon sin and apostasy. I'll tell you, let, let's read that, okay? Isaiah, Yahshayahu, which uh, in Hebrew it is Yahshayahu, and the English language it is Isaiah, some say Isaiah, 29, 9 through 14. Starting at 9. Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. 
Therefore, Yahuwah, Bible says, the Lord has poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep and have closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers and seers hath he covered. Now, this is, this is that, that's, that doesn't sound good. Spirit of deep sleep, unconsciousness. Okay, continuing, that, that was verse 10. Let's go to 11. And the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I am not learned. Wherefore, Yahuwah, Scripture says, the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Now, um, in, in um, 29 verse 13, the Greek version refers to, this is saying, the part where it says, their heart being far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men, it's written this way. Their worship is a farce, is fake, for they teach man-made ideas as commands of God. Of course, I would say of Yah. And it says the same thing in Mark 7, 7. They, they worship in vain, teachings for doctrines, of, for doctrines, commands of men. Mark 7, 7. Some leaders in the faith movement and churches promote the false idea of being drunk in the spirit or being filled with drunken glory. Congregations are instructed to get drunk, take another drink, and cast off all restraint, stumbling, slurred speech, falling to the ground, and other odd behaviors are proof of the work of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Does that sound right to you? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, myself, I mean, the Holy Spirit, stumbling, drunk, slurred speech. Hmm. He's the spirit of truth. I'll continue. Um, now, in this, in their, this research, they said false teachers, I'll put it, um, questionable teachers who promote being drunk in the spirit point to Acts 2.13 as justification for their ridiculous and foolish practice. On the day of Pentecost, as the apostles were speaking and preaching the gospel, some in the crowd said, you know, that um, they had had too much, too much wine to drink. <laughs> they were just mocking them and making fun of them. They didn't really think they, they didn't really think they were drunk. 
They knew better than that. Now, how could you being drunk enable you to speak in all the different languages that they were speaking? Now, that's... <laughs> that... Anybody believe that would be really dumb. <laughs> so they were just, they were just mock, mocking him because they were speaking languages. They weren't babbling. They were speaking every language of the people that were there. And, you know, and the apostle and Peter, Peter stands up and flatly denies any hint of being drunk. In, you know, in verse 15. I'll continue. Yet today's word of faith teachers take this, what unrighteous mocking crowd, un, would your, you, the Bible will call them ungodly crowd, and use this as evidence, saying Peter and the apostles were speaking, teaching, preaching in a, sense, in a senseless drunk stupor. In other words, drunk. That was someone making fun. That was the devil. That's, that was the devil there. Trying to put down the righteous and the holy things of the Almighty. That's what that was. You know, speaking, they were speaking such twisting of scripture, not only demeans, which means belittles the apostles, it also dishonors the root Kadush, the Holy Spirit. That dishonor, that's not honoring the Holy Spirit. That's dishonoring. Don't you think? Or do you? The Apostle Paul wrote, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what Yahuwah, Bible says the Lord's, will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's the Ephesians 5, 15 through 18. Why don't, why don't we read that? And before I do, though, the word debauchery is, trans, is, a, is a translation of a Greek word meaning lawless, insolence, or unmanageable. I, I wouldn't put that with the, with, the, with, the Holy, with the Spirit of the Almighty, the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's read um, Ephesians 5, chapter 5, 15 through 18. I'm going to read in the NLT, the New Living Translation, first. I'll read two translations. So, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what Yahuwah, Bible says the Lord, wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let's read the ESV, the English Standard Version. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, 
but understand what the will of Yah, this verse is the Lord, Yahuwah, the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. And what is debauchery? Lawless, insolence, or unmanageable. But be filled with the Spirit. Hmm. Now, he's talking against being drunk. Uh, you know, he said, well, that's alcohol, but they're putting the Holy Spirit when you're dr- that you're drunk like you're drunk with, with liquor, with alcohol. They're, this, they're referring, referring to it as the same. Continue. Paul says that getting drunk is akin, is of, of similar character to our old way of life with its worldly and self-serving desires. Such behavior is debased and leads to debauchery, self-indulgence. So we let us comp- say compare, compare Colossians one twenty-one and Romans thirteen thirteen. Let's read. Let's start with Romans thirteen thirteen. Let us walk properly, as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or sensuality not in quarreling and jealousy. That was the English Standard Version. Roman, Romans 13, 13. Now let's read it in the NLT. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and, and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Hmm. And speaking very very strong against drunkenness. I'm just going to read one version of uh, Colossians 121 NLT. This includes you were once far away from Yah. Bible says God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. So drunkenness is thought of an evil action. Hmm. Food for thought. I mean, remember, I'm giving you all of this, but you make up your own mind. Paul deliberately contrasts, saying it's strikingly different. The state of drunkenness which is a loss of control with the indwelling of the spirit of the almighty Yah. Bible says God, a gain of self-control. He said that you can find, read of Galatians 5:23. I didn't bring that up. But maybe I should go. Yeah. Galatians 5:23. Let's let, let me go there. Okay. Hallelujah. Just listen to the nice music. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, when it's it's just gentleness. Oh, did I put the right one? 
Yeah. Gentleness, self-control, such things are, there's no law. Okay. Just want to make sure. You got this. So, I'll go back here to my music. I'll read that again. Paul deliberately contrasts saying it's strikingly different, the state of drunkenness, a loss of control with the indwelling of the spirit, a gain of self-control. Nowhere in scripture does it say to be drunk in the spirit, beloved. When the Bible speaks of being drunk, it always has a negative connotation. It's always spoken of negatively. Connotation. Mm -hmm. The only place in the scripture that alludes that even give you the idea of this is in Ephesians 5.18. Be ye not drunken with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. But did it say, be drunk with the Spirit? Be ye not drunken with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with spirit. Now I see this as don't be filled with some lick, some fluid, some drunk wine, a strong drink that'll make you drunk, but be filled with the spirit that'll give you wisdom and self control. That's how I see it. This verse is so often times misunderstood and taken out of context. This is a feeling of the root Kadush, the Holy Spirit that I have known there is a feeling of the excuse me there's a feeling of the Holy Spirit that I have known and is biblical I'm reading someone else's quote you can get slain in the spirit by praying and worshiping so deep the tangible presence of Yah of God's spirit can come upon you so powerfully you cannot stand Yah is amazing and very powerful. You will definitely, definitely feel his presence. Yes, you will definitely feel his presence. <laughs> you, If you're in his presence, really in his presence, you won't be standing. That's for sure. <laughs> I continue reading in the notes. The vast majority of spiritual manifestations that you see are false. The Holy Spirit did not cause it. If you read of great men of Yah, he wrote of God in the past, who Yahuwah, the Lord, mightily used in genuine, real revivals, you will read of strange and unusual manifestations of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. However, even though these things that happened were strange, they were always biblical. You could always find it in the scripture. And this is what that means. Yahusha, called Jesus, said, when he comes, speaking of the Holy Spirit, the root Kadush, he will convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Oftentimes, if you read about genuine moves of the Heavenly Father, You'll read of people so mightily overwhelmed by the conviction of sin that they cried out for mercy 
or in some cases, physically trembled in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the spirit, the set-apart spirit, the Ruk Kadush. That's strange, but it's biblical. Those kind of things I'm certain will happen in the future revival that will sweep across the world. And I believe that they can happen whenever Yahuwah, the Lord, chooses to cause it to. However, nowadays, people want miracles, signs and wonders more than they want the Father himself. That's true. Now, we're supposed to have, there's nothing wrong with wanting miracles and signs and wonders. We're supposed to be working miracles and signs and wonders. But we should want him more. So, the devil has come with lying signs, wonders, and false miracles. There are people who laugh uncontrollably and say the Holy Spirit caused it. There are people who act like they're drunken slithering around and hissing like snakes, bark like dogs, meow like cats, levitate and spontaneously convulse like they're having a, 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 a seizure. You know, this have when a, this these kind of things happen when an unclean spirit comes upon them. But people say that that's the Holy Spirit. What is this influence? And what does it mean? Rather than being under the influence of the Holy Spirit, could it be under the influence of another spirit that is taken in a liquid form? <laughs> Generally, the expression under the influence is referring to the effect alcohol has on our brain and actions. This liquid spirit can quickly impair your judgment. Yes, I know the liquor stores are called wine, beer, and spirit store. I want to go back to this. Have you ever, I mean, people walking around so drunk, they're knocking over people and, and are slithering around like a snake and hissing, barking like dogs, levitating, meowing like cats. Where in the scripture does it say that? Nowhere. Nowhere at all. So, that's not scriptural. To me, that's scary. <laughs> uh, could that mean that's, that's another spirit? Let's see, where was I? Um, okay. Continue. Many ancient people groups, including those living in the biblical world, saw intoxication, drunkenness, as a spiritual experience. Is the idea biblical? For a test, note the following passages. Acts. In Acts 2, 11 to 13, some of the bystanders hearing the believers speaking in their, their own languages about the wonderful works of Yah, not knowing how to explain it or what to say, he ignorantly said something stupid like, they're full of new wine. <laughs> 
How many of you know getting drunk is not going to enable you to speak new languages you never learned? I said that earlier. I'll say it again. Huh? <laughs> you get drunk? Hey, get drunk and you can speak a new language? Wow. That would be awesome, huh? <laughs> they were full of new wine, they said. Peter notes. They were not drunk, but filled with Yah's spirit. Paul in Romans 13, 12 and 13, you know, we're just recapping again, called believers away from works of darkness, such as drunkenness, challenging them to be put on, to put on the armor of light. Also, 1 Corinthians 10, 21, you cannot drink the cup of Yahuwah, Scripture said the Lord, and the cup of demons. Paul warns the Ephesians not to be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, which is overindulgence, overindulgence in sensual pleasures. Instead, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Instead. 1 Corinthians 5, 9, 11. We already... We've gone through that. Let's read that again. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sins. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I'll read that again. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or that are greedy or that cheat people or that worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worship idols or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. Oh, no, I was mistaken. I didn't read that earlier. Isn't that you heard that? Don't associate with drunkards. So why would we? <laughs> so, but if you're drunk with, if you're drunk with wine, you're a drunkard in the Holy Spirit. Paul says, don't even associate with you if you're a drunkard. <laughs> Peter, First Peter. Peter, being sober, is associated three times with desirable spiritual values. In 1 Peter, I'll read that again. In 1 Peter, being sober in being sober is associated three times with desirable spiritual values. In one chapter one, thirteen, fifteen, being sober. It is, a, it is associated with living a life of holiness. In chapter 4, 6, and 7, it is necessary for those living in the Spirit to be sober. In chapter 5, verse 8, it is a prerequisite, something that is necessary before something else can happen or be done, for the spiritual battle of resisting the devil. 
when Yah called the Israelites out of Egypt, he gave them no wine or strong drink. Deuteronomy 29.6, you can read that. People called by Yahuwah to a, spiritual, a spirituality challenging role needed a clear mind, not an intoxicated one. Let me read that again. <laughs> People called by Yahuwah, when you would say the Lord, to a spiritually challenging role needed a clear mind, not an intoxicated one. And I have a note here. It says, see Leviticus 10, chapter 10, 8 and 11. And that's talking about, how, you know, Yah commanded Aaron and his sons to drink no wine or strong drink when they go into the tent of meetings. He says, you are to know the difference between commonness and holiness. And, um, that's um, Leviticus 10, 8 and 11. In Luke 7, 33, John the Baptist, which is really Yahukanan the Immerser, he said, they said here, John the Baptist came not drinking wine nor eating bread, and you say he was a, a demon. So, Do you think it's clear the Bible makes big makes a big difference between the spirits of alcohol and the set apart Holy Spirit? You choose. Do you want to be alert, powerful, and sober-minded or intoxicated, out of control, and maybe even Foolish. Hmm. Ah, okay, beloved. This was, I know this is a touchy subject, and you know, I was reading some things I, I, I wrote down from when I was doing research. But I have to say, I mean, you make your decision, but I, uh, I do know that it's not written in the scripture. A lot of the things we do or we say are not in scripture. And scriptures, and what it say, do not add or take from. And they've done so much taking from and adding to. We've done so much. So what do you say? Food for thought, huh? This is something really, really to think about. Giving you something to really think about. Thank you for joining me today here at A Hope Kingdom Ministry, where we like to give you food for thought. Our intention is to give you something more to think about, to give you the choice to let you hear the pros and the cons, to not just be one-sided. All right. Okay. Until we meet again, beloved. Yah willing, of course. Shalom.
see you next time, beloved.